0: the bones and bobbins podcast is now on patreon would you like access to bonus episodes digital extras exclusive merch and more
1: mm-hmm. join
0: us in the curiosity shop at patreon.com backslash bones and bobbins
1: your generous support helps make the show happen and will also earn you our fairy eternal gratitude and entry into our private Patreon-only Facebook group,
0: which oh, is which where is all the amazing. fun
1: stuff happens.
0: Totally. Yeah. I love our Facebook group. No Me drama. Too. Just creepy fun. Creepy fun people being like, hey, I like you. I like this. It's great. Yes.
1: It's it's such a nice change from some of the other uh, less delightful groups yes. that I have been in. Shall we say? Um In a dusty old shop on a forgotten old street, you'll find two witches with books three boxes deep. Next to rusty old needles and faded red thread, you'll come in for yarn, but leave with pigments instead. Whether poisons or patterns we're always discreet where creepy and crafty and morbidity meet. Welcome to the Bones and Bobbins podcast. Hello, Morbid Makers. We are your slightly creepy,
0: mildly disconcerting, somewhat sinister, delightfully discomposed, ooh, opaquely (laughs) odd, merrily
1: morbid, marvelously misanthropic hosts.
0: And this is Bones and Bobbins, Season two, episode five. It's cursed. Don't touch it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the Very Serious Crafts Podcast,
0: and I'm Natalie from Uber Dark Designs and Official True Crime created. Yay!
1: Oh, so I got um, my 23andMe genealogy results back that this is
0: week. So super exciting was it surprising not surprising
1: oh god i'm so white 100 percent european two-thirds nice. british one-third german actually slightly more it's it's closer to half and half
0: but <laughs> nice yeah so um yep that that is when i did we found out we were significantly more irish than anticipated, hmm. um, but also we do have traces of Asian and African in us. Um, so cool! That's pretty I awesome.
1: Don't. Oh
0: yeah. man, and we're my st- swear, family was
1: boring. I think
0: <laughs> my dad is like four. I want to say like forty two percent Irish, um, which was way higher than anticipated. Uh, we are also very German, um, but yeah i i have a love fear thing with the dna companies because i i love genetics yeah, it was my too. jam was my jam uh i love the race for the double helix with jeff goldblum in it um mm. like i went to state uh in high school on genetics like i fucking love me some dna i love that it's being used to solve crimes um, we're hoping that it will help um, with my aunt's murder. Um, yes. But at the same Which time. Which at some
1: point we should talk about.
0: We probably should. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So, but it's also one of those things where like, you know, with great power comes great fucking responsibility. And I don't trust a lot of people. I trust a lot of scientists. But this is a business. I don't
1: trust a lot of companies. Right, um, right, right, right. But I, I don't know. Uh, the reason that I did it was because I wanted to make sure that the witchcraft I was practicing um, was mine to practice. That's And easy. so I wanted to confirm what I basically already knew about my background to make sure that I was headed in the right direction. And, I mean, I would have been cool... Uh, if there had been any random thing pop up but um well the uk broadly and i and germany broadly we nice. are nice yeah there's at least some some scotland Ooh. in there <laughs>
0: I, I yeah all of the uk I, get, I scotland's one of my favorite accents i do love a scottish accent um particularly Mm. when it comes out of David Tennant's face um that's that's extra yes Yes. please serious that that is the
1: exact accent mm -hmm. that I was thinking of
0: yep 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 uh there is um, we'll take it yeah twice um (laughs) Mm -hmm. at least (laughs) exactly uh there is a sound on tiktok where somebody uh said i think it's to the gist of um so did you take one of those dna tests and accidentally reveal a family secret and oh my gosh some of these people are like it, the stories are phenomenal it, oh yeah and also very sad like i f- i genuinely feel for these people but but uh so, but
1: like be honest about your family history people right like I don't know. I was talking to my dad about it um, like the week before it came in. And, you know, my dad spent most of his career as a police officer in a crime lab. Yeah. And so he, like, I don't know. I was expecting him to be a little bit more touchy about it. But his response was basically a gigantic shrug. And a, <laughs> um, it, I I joked about, um, things coming out of, uh, uh, the familial, uh, or skeletons being found in the familial, familial, uh, (laughs) closet, and he was just like, gigantic shrug, and, um, like, well, human beings are human beings, and they generally speaking do the best they can with what they're dealt. <laughs> I was nice. like,
0: All right, Dad. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So yeah. How was your week? It was pretty good. I've I've got that thing where I'm like I just every time I feel like I've got a firm grasp on stuff, yep. like life is like that's really cute. Pats me on the head and then pushes me back like ten paces. So uh yeah, it it's been I think I don't want to necessarily say pandemic fatigue, but just life in general is feeling kind of heavy lately. Um, yeah, you've got like a lot going on. Yeah, it ju- which I'm used to. Like I would say, most of my life is spent in survival mode. I mean oh single mom with that's
1: terrifying., two teens.
0: it is terrifying. Well, actually though fair
1: enough, single mom. T-
0: but you t- know t- it's <laughs> yeah, it's just it's one of those things. so and I think that every once in a while it just kind of catches up and it's like but now every once in a while, like so it'll it'll pile up and then I I reach what I call my <laughs> my fuck it Nirvana' folks. <laughs> <like, it> <laughs> Yeah, so fucking overwhelmed that I reached this level where somebody could hit me in the head and I'd be like, "Nah, that's about right." Like I just, I am all out of my fuck tanks is barren. <laughs> I'm all out of them, and I'm just like, "Nah, that's all right." Yeah i I have
1: uh, sort of skated by pandemic fatigue at least for this week because I got my first shot of the vaccine at nice. the end of last week. My parents got their
0: first one. I was so excited. Oh, that's great. Yeah.
1: Only one of my (laughs) set of four parents (laughs) has gotten um, a shot. And so I think I'm going to have to step in and get on the internet.
0: Be like, hi, you need to get this. This is where you go and this is what time. (laughs) Yeah. My parents are pretty excited about it. It's... I... I know you posted the other day about the joy of of the little mini parties when people get vaccinated. Yeah. And that is totally true. Like, I get just, I get so excited. I get so excited when somebody that I care about, you know, gets the first round of vaccine. That followed by, did you get the Dolly one? (laughs) Like, everybody's like. I did, in fact. My parents did, too. They got the Dolly Parton one. My mom's like, we got a shot of country in our arm. (laughs) Well. um. So yeah, it's it's exciting. Um, it's it is. also it's also interesting because for the first time, Ooh, in-
1: someone's watching Schitt's Creek. I just heard the intro. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Must be my upstairs neighbors. Sorry.
0: Uh, <laughs> That's okay. That's one of my absolute comfort shows. Um, yes. But it's yeah, it's interesting because uh, for the first, so I actually did billing today, which is on time for me. But in my head, Yay. it was like wait it's it's march february (laughs) fucking go and then all of a sudden you know somebody mentioned something about politics i'm like shit i have not even been really paying attention as much i think it just kind of checked out when things were kind of safe (laughs) like i'm like yeah
1: i mean that's fair we've been on high alert for a really long time
0: we have uh but then I feel bad, um, you know, and then so then I got in a fight with somebody on Facebook. Um, <laughs> but it was it was over the Oscar nominations and wins. And I was like, if yeah. It, oh, OK. So it was yeah. one of those one of those uh, arguments over the fact that it should not have been 35 years in between, you know, black no. women winning for best actress. And then no. somebody had the awful fucking to be like, Frances Dormant should have won. And I was like, did you even watch? The United States versus Billie Holiday. Like, did you even watch it? Because if you didn't, I don't want to hear a beep about it. Frances Dorman is a treasure and I adore her, but she did not deserve the win. And therefore she
1: did not get it. I don't know anything about any of this. It's fine.
0: <laughs> it's my little rant. It was my little rant. My I, little rant. It's, I don't watch. Is Golden Globes TV or movies? I think it. I think it's all movies. I don't ever watch the award shows. Cause they just piss me off anyway and it's like whatever i I only
1: watch if i have to go to one right if uh
0: jeremy gets nominated but i know this is the one that was uh hosted by tina Fey and amy poehler which is like oh
1: yeah on opposite ends of of the country Yeah. Uh, Although I do know that Jodie Foster and her wife um, were in their pajamas on their couch with their
0: dog, which I love. That that I love. I I Jodie Foster is amazing.
1: Find that out. So I'm not completely living under a rock. I just don't (laughs) like movies. It's fair enough. Yep. Anyway.
0: So yeah, that's that's my that's my week. You know what else I like? You know what else is good and wonderful? Mm. Um, our curiosity shop members oh yeah and I would like to take a quick break to thank all of our fantastic curiosity shop members over on Patreon and Mm -hmm. give a totally normal and not at all creepy thank you to Charlotte for upping her pledge thank you Charlotte thank you Charlotte you are darling and we love you
1: it's true and we also think you might have an accent
0: yes Thing. one of our we favorites. think we think, think. you might
1: <laughs> it's possible <laughs> all right um was that weird I uh, the autism and I the, don't
0: know that I am the best judge of weird because all right that's
1: fair. <laughs> <laughs> never mind we're not even going to
0: try to answer that question um
1: uh it's just that you should know charlotte that you're the best, yes. the and best. we would totally go explore hidden old graveyards in the woods, yes. on several continents,
0: perhaps yes. with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So,
1: wanna talk about some cursed shit?
0: Always. I thought so. Yes, I'm
1: excited. Wait, to Which hear one of us this? wants to go?
0: First, I want to hear yours. I'm very excited about yours. You to all right,
1: on. then I'll go first. I like it. All right. So I am going to be talking about a ring that goes by at least three names um, that may or may not be the real one ring to rule them all that inspired Tolkien. Yes! <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, this is the story of a Roman ring, a divine curse, and potentially hobbits. <gasps> yes! Yeah. All right. So th- this story takes place at a couple of different archaeological sites and also a museum. Although it wasn't a museum at the time, I guess. And also at Oxford. So okay, we bounce around a little bit, but um, only because academia does not stay put. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to start with an overview of this ring. Uh, which is from an Iron Age Roman town, uh, Caleva Atrebatum. That which
0: sounds I, like a spell. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, it does, doesn't it? Um, I, I've heard it generally referred to as um, Caleva. Okay. So I've, we can use that as shorthand. Uh, so this ring... Is known by many names. It's known as including the Ring of Cynecianus, the Vine Ring, and the Ring of Sylvianus. And it is called those things interchangeably, sometimes not referring to the other names. Hmm. In various places. The actual location where this ring is held at the actual museum where it is in the collection refers to it as the ring of Sinechianus. Okay. For the record. Alright. So this ring was an extremely rare piece of gold that was found on a site with otherwise very few traces of gold in its artifacts and it was discovered in a freshly plowed field near the ruins of, like I said, the Roman city of Caleva in Silchester in Hampshire in England. And it was found in that freshly plowed field by the farmer who was plowing it in 1785. And about 100 years later, it would come into the possession of the Shute family, whose country house is now the museum called the Vine
0: Estate in Hampshire. Ah, I'm guessing that's where the vine ring came from. Why, yes. Yes.
1: Although, that makes very little sense. Right. But nobody asked me (laughs) they should
0: i thought we established that
1: they really should they should just (laughs) check in at least Mm -hmm. all right so uh, the ring itself is roman ring dating from around the fourth century and is comparably large as far as rings go with a full inch in diameter and weighing in at about 12 grams wow and some. Sources suggested that it might be that size because it was made to fit over gloves.
0: Which okay, that makes, makes some sense. sense. Yeah. Uh,
1: because honestly, that would be a really big hand. Right. Otherwise. But, I mean, who am I to judge? Maybe there's a Roman dude with a massive ass hand. Yes. Who knows? <laughs> So the band on this ring has 10 facets plus a square bezel, and the bezel has the face of the goddess Venus and the letters V-E and N-V-S engraved upon it. So Hmm. Venus. Um, And the letters are in mirror writing, which points to that bezel being a signet ring and um being used to stamp wax to make a seal because then the mirrored letters would be facing the right direction huh. and it's sort of a weird ring because the depiction of venus looks sort of like an animal um, oh. it's not really recognizable as venus in the way that i have ever seen venus depicted but it's labeled so okay Interesting.
0: that's fine so now i'm just picturing a giant it sort of looks
1: like a dog face
0: oh maybe it was Maybe like, was like a venus has a werewolf venus. oh oh i don't i like a werewolf twist on this yeah it, it's it's sort
1: of odd i well it's The first thing that shows up in literally every article Mm -hmm. is a close-up of this. So there will be plenty of links to this very weird ring. All right. So uh, the band itself also has an inscription which says, Senechiana Vivas in Day, which should have been Vivas in Deo, but there was an added I and no room for the O, or perhaps the bezel was attached later to the, than when the ring was first made and was put over the O. It's a little confusing. Um, but it does seem that there are two errors. In the inscription, <laughs> uh, which is kind of impressive for A Ring. Right. But once again, nobody asked me. Although I, I will say that because the band read Sinekiana instead of Sinekianus, I went down a deep, deep dive into Latin noun declensions in different cases because my, I love you <laughs> I wanted to know if they screwed it up um, and I don't think so I think it must be in the vocative um, so it would I guess uh, it translates to uh, live in God yeah okay. um, so Sikianus, live in God which was kind of a normal early, british christian saying. Yeah. And so this ring is interesting because it's sort of straddling the roman british christian sort of multiple deities one god line. Venus. It, <laughs> <it's, laughs> yeah, I mean it's wow. It's very very odd. It um is. so but I think that the way that the name is declined that it must be a command and so i like to think that god is telling this person to live in god so okay i could be completely wrong i did not take latin but i can read a chart so (laughs) i read a chart and learned about two new cases that I did not know existed so Ooh. there we go yeah Latin lots of cases as it turns out two more than in German Wow yeah
0: that's impressive
1: uh, indeed all right so like I said the inscription contains two errors and the inscription itself on the band is generally connected to early british christians and so it's like i said a very very interesting piece time-wise all right so now that we have met the ring let's move over to site two which contains the tablet and that is in lindy Gloucestershire this is a separate archaeological site and is an iron age fort and also temple complex so meanwhile in gloucestershire there was a curse a-brewing or at least an archaeological find that described a curse okay so here's the backstory basically a ring possibly the ring we've been talking about, supposedly originally belonged to a guy named Silvianus. The ring went missing, and Silvianus complained to the deity Nodens, which is a Celtic deity with connections to healing the sea and hunting, like you do. Mm-hmm. Apparently there were sea monsters and shit depicted in the temple so that's fun yeah or at least something I I don't know (laughs) and so uh, this is sort of a not particularly well known Celtic deity but nonetheless there was a temple complex at what is now Lindy Park that was dedicated to this deity and so, uh, Civilianus, who seemed to be quite sure that another dude named Senecianus was his ring's thief, wrote a Defixio, which we have discussed before. Um, they are those curse tablets that are commonly made out of lead so you can write on them and this defixio was written to invoke this god to well curse synecianus or i guess weirdly all people named synecianus dang yeah right (laughs) until the ring was returned to this temple and so like poor snickianus's man
0: right this guy was covering all the bases he's like all of them just every single damn one of them he must have been
1: really pissed right because i feel like you could just be specific right i don't know so, in translation from the original Latin, the tablet that was found reads as follows For the god Nodens, Silvianus has lost a ring and has donated one half uh, of its worth uh, to Nodens. Among those named Synicianus, Permit no good health until it is returned to the Temple of Nodens.
0: Damn.
1: Right? So, there's also a cute story that I saw in a couple of places about a Roman soldier who visited the baths at the temple where his ring was stolen. And it gets, it's a nice story. But it only seems to appear in non scholarly works. So mm. I feel like it was maybe someone taking a little bit of creative license with the context clues. Gotcha. So,
0: yeah, I, I don't really. So there's no smiting involved in that one? <laughs>
1: just... well, oh, well, yes. <laughs> it, it ends in the same way. Oh, okay.
0: And I just but... pitcher. I just picture Regina George writing in the burn book. <laughs>
1: like, I have no idea what you're talking
0: about. <laughs> it's from Mean Girls. She...
1: <laughs> oh wait, no, I I do know what you're talking about. Never mind. I just wasn't. Dear about... Noden.
0: <laughs> yes, he took my ring. <laughs> just...
1: Basically, that is that is what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, it ends with a defixio, which is not a way you want to end your
0: day. No, no. No. Especially when you're, like, lashing out at everybody with that name. Right. Keep it it specific. I know. That's bad juju. That's bad juju.
1: It's not a good idea. Right. All right. So back to the ring. Yes. Which had been rediscovered in the Chute family's collection at the Vine in the 1880s after it had seemingly been in hiding in the back of a drawer somewhere for the hundred years following its original discovery. Hmm, It's unclear how it got into the collection of the Chute family. That was not where it was originally brought. So... Hmm. i don't know if there was something sketchy going on but it seems like something sketchy maybe was going on
0: right it 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 de- it definitely does because that i mean that's
1: although it, i will say like- that this estate that was the family's estate is only like five miles away from where this ring was found so i don't know the Ring's re-emergence happened to coincide rather nicely with the discovery of the aforementioned curse tablet by Sir Mortimer Wheeler in 1929, hmm. which was very exciting for the handful of people who were really geeked about this sort of thing <laughs> in the area, <laughs> um... So, due to the inscription on and the dating of the ring, Senechianus, live in God, uh, many have drawn a connection between the ring of Senechianus and this tablet. Ooh, cat butt.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> cat butt on the video. All right, so... Many have drawn a connection between the ring of Sinicianus and this tablet, despite the 80 miles-ish distance between these two archaeological sites. Huh. And also despite the fact that the ring in question has an inscription to Sinicianus and not to Silvianus, which might be expected if the ring belonged to Silvianus,
0: Right.
1: But right. I guess the band could have been blank when it was originally stolen, and then the thief had it engraved. Um,
0: That's pretty bald. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. But adding to the strength of the argument to connect the two is the seemingly existing fact that Senecianus was not thought to be a very popular name. Hmm. And it did not exist in Roman writing with frequency at the time. But maybe Senecianuses were thick on the ground. But none were doing anything to write home about. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I mean that—that that is sort of the weird thing about written history and recorded history versus what was actually happening. Right. It's just possible that there were no well-known, famous, or wealthy Senecianuses.
0: Who knows? Right. Well, and there's also the error, the human error involved in that, you know, ancient game of telephone.
1: Oh, exactly. And so uh, it has also been suggested that the inscription on the ring was perhaps supposed to protect its wearer from the curse that was set upon him for stealing it, Ah. which does make some sense, especially if you're straddling the time of Roman deities and Christianity in the area. Because the actual inscription was a very common one, the live yeah. in God. That was common at the time for people to have inscribed on jewelry and things that were theirs. So, I don't know. It's unclear. I'm not really sure how much stock I put in that connection but it is interesting and yeah. i'm sure that that is what the person who had found it well quite a number of years ago in the shoot family's collection they were probably thinking that when they heard the name cynickianis on something else right because you would remember that name.
0: Yep. That would stick with you.
1: Yep. Yeah. And so here's where we're going to bring Tolkien into the mix. Yay. Yeah. So at the time of the Curse tablet's finding, Tolkien was a professor of Anglo Saxon at Oxford University. And Wheeler, the archaeologist who unearthed the tablet, Asked for Tolkien's expertise regarding the god Nodens. And it's thought that Tolkien's visits to the archaeological site and his work on the etymology of the name Nodens may have played a role in inspiring the fictional One Ring at the center of The Lord of the Rings. In this scenario, it is also assumed that during his work with Wheeler, the existence of the ring. In combination with the tablet, would have come up. And mm-hmm. I should say that there is no actual proof that Tolkien knew about the Ring of Sinicianus, but the Tolkien Society at least has gotten behind this whole idea. And has tagged the ring as a material source of inspiration for Tolkien's writings, as opposed to a fictional source or a legendary ring. Nice. And so I can see how that absolutely, totally could have happened. Definitely. Like, all of those things in connection. It... It wouldn't be strange if you yourself, as an archaeologist, knew about this ring to tell the whole crazy story to Tolkien while you were working together to sort out information on this god. Right. I would would certainly tell that whole story. Oh, for sure. But... We don't know. We really don't know if it was told, and there aren't any primary sources that can say whether or not it was. And so, just for context, this was going on in 1929 that Wheeler asked for Tolkien's help. The Hobbit was published in 1937, Okay. And the Lord of the Rings was published in 1954, so it's possible that this ring and this tablet could have been the inspiration for the very doomed ring of uh, uh, is it Mordor or Mordar? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: O R, O R
1: more, more n- n- no, nope. it's not gonna come out correctly. <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, I you guys like all it. know I have I, not read Lord of the Rings since my sophomore year in high school.
0: Yeah, it's it's been pretty long for me.
1: Yeah, that whole that was a that was a long group of
0: books. Oh yes. Yeah. they are not the light, quick reading.
1: No, that's what I read in English class when I finished all of the work (laughs) and needed to be kept busy anyway my academic prowess aside Mm -hmm. it's likely that if nothing else the Iron Age Roman Fort and the archaeological site itself did inspire some of Tolkien's works because there are absolutely real world inspirations for like the towers and things like that that were mm-hmm. just around in his daily life. So it wouldn't, th- that we know were inspirations. So it wouldn't be out of the question.
0: No, it definitely tracks that it would be something that stuck with him and he used as inspiration.
1: Yeah. And so even if the ring that we've been talking about is neither connected to this cursed tablet nor known by Tolkien, it's still very likely that this archaeological site did play a role and sort of by extension this story of the missing ring. So Tolkien would have known there was a ring. Yeah. It's just unclear if he knew about the ring that we've been talking
0: about. Well, and the fact that it's a cursed ring makes it make even more sense.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, it's the oddity of the ring itself. Yeah, but then you tie in a, a you know, the curse and it it definitely makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and so I'm not sure if this is still the case, although it seems to be... Um, on the uh, British national heritage listings. Uh, It seems that the vine is still the place where the ring lives and that there is a ring room that is dedicated to the connection between Tolkien and the ring and okay. there's a, a copy of some variety. I think maybe a plaster cast of the... Um, the tablet? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're yeah, welcome. I, I'm, I'm losing, losing the words. So uh, of that tablet, although I'm not sure where the actual original tablet lives... And so it. The people who are really excited about Tolkien, the Tolkien Society, have bought into this story. And I like it as a story. I think it's really fun. I do too. Yeah. And there's an entire. Like, National Trust. Oh, National Trust, not National Heritage. Um, there's an entire national trust list of the sites that you can visit that are connected to Tolkien.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just, it's very neat how many places can actually be pointed out that were clearly inspirational and how many things could have just been like, really solid coincidences. So.
0: That's a tour I, I take. What's that? I said that's a tour I take.
1: Oh, yeah. It, it looks really cool. And I guess there's some sort of Hobbit-themed or Middle Earth-themed play area at this estate. Nice. Yeah. I would totally be into that. I'm Hobbit-sized. <laughs> Let's do this.
0: And I eat like a Hobbit, so we're good.
1: <laughs> yes, second breakfast. <laughs> I am so into second breakfast yes <laughs> yeah and elevensies yes. matter of fact i really do eat all of those
0: meals just they're broken up throughout the day we're grazers yeah kind of munch here and there
1: indeed anyway so that is the story of the ring of well any number of things Snickianus is <laughs> the one that I'm going with because it's labeled. Yes, it's labeled. But, you know, you can go ahead and run with whatever you want to run with. And so, uh, yeah, it, that, that might be the ring that is the one ring. And if it is, it is definitely, definitely a... Cursed historical gold ring. Nice. With an inscription.
0: And a, and a Venus dog.
1: (laughs) I don't. Yes. (laughs) I, I, I really want to know if that bezel was added later. Um, Right. uh, Such a. You would
0: think they'd be able to tell. Like you would think that would be pretty. I mean, it's from
1: the fourth century, so. I don't know that something that far back you would be able to tell if something was added like 20 years later.
0: Ah, that is true, that is true.
1: I don't know. I mean, perhaps. I'm sure that there are experts who know significantly more than I do, but the National Trust information on this particular artifact isn't exactly clear about whether or not the ring has been altered, and gotcha. who knows? I mean, but since it's Venus, you would think that that would not have been added after the Christian saying,
0: R- right? You would think it would have come before it.
1: Yeah. So I don't if know anything.
0: I Interesting. mean.
1: I think the engraver just fucked up and <laughs> ran out of room. That's yeah. what I think.
0: But. Oh, that's happened a million times when I'm, you know, drawing on something, or you start drawing. When oh. you remember a kid, and you're drawing the bubble yes. letters, and you're like, "Oh shit, I'm out of room," and then they turn super skinny at the end. It's so like, I ran out of room. <laughs> yep, <laughs> the, that the is exactly. Letters on a whole nother line. <laughs>
1: That is exactly uh, what I'm picturing. Or yeah. with a carrot and squeezed in above. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh my Absolutely. goodness. Absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> Apparently it's less forgiving when it's in gold. Although that is nonsense because gold is pretty malleable.
0: It is. It is.
1: But whatever, maybe Snickyannis was in a hurry.
0: You're drunk, <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: I mean, if he just stole that ring and was like, ring shit, 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 it's a yeah. curse. <laughs> I don't know. Nice. Yeah. So um, there is no word on whether or not Silvianus got his ring back or if Sinechianus remained
0: cursed. That'd Unclear. Be yeah. Yes. So, I got the book Cursed Objects Strange but True Stories, the World's Most Infamous Items. Ooh, written by I have that book too. J- by J.W. Walker. And uh, whilst perusing through it, um, I decided that today I am talking about the Prague Orloy or the Prague Astronomical Clock. I love that clock I have seen that clock which also means that I will be genuinely attempting but probably incredibly failing to pronounce several Czech names um, I, let's do this I listened I'm telling you I listened to each and every one multiple times uh, and <laughs> I have just know I tried I, I even took Russian in college like I don't I should know this but you know just if you're Czech no but I adore you and I'm not trying to insult you uh so first installed in 1410 it is the oldest surviving medieval clock that still works and the world's third oldest astronomical clock and the oldest still in operation today It is mounted on Which is cool. It's very cool. Uh, So it's mounted on the southern wall of Old Town Hall in Old Town Square. It tracks the zodiac, the calendar, the position of the sun, the moon, and the stars. Oh, and time. Not just time. Babylonian time, old Bohemian time, German time, and um, sidey real time. Yeah, sidey real time.
1: Well, that's overkill
0: right uh it is
1: it's also very near a vegan restaurant (laughs) Nice.
0: (laughs) Uh, yes you know it's got to know that uh it's a beautifully ornate astronomical dial on it that represents the positions of the sun and the moon in the sky and various other astronomical deals uh like details on that dial the main stationary background to the clock's face has a wealth of information than anybody that can actually read it. Um, on the outermost ring of the background is a series of glyphs that are representative of ancient Czech time. Moving closer to the center is a set of Roman numerals which can be seen um, and like most traditional clocks, they're, you know it's used to indicate like 24 hour time. Within the main plate are various hues of blue and red that indicate events like sunrise, daybreak, daytime, nighttime, as well as indicating various geographical information like the location of the tropics and the equator. The Earth, or the position of the observer, is located in the very center of the dial. Super imposed on the main astrolabe is the zodiacal ring. Uh, Mechanical astrolabes are... They're commonly used in, like, medieval timekeeping and astronomical studies. Uh, it displays the various signs of the zodiac and is intended to mark the location of the sun on the um, ecliptic. The zodiac signs yes. are shown anti-clockwise in order. Uh, and that's all very well and good. But it's not all. The most, <laughs> in- <laughs> the next no, most no. In- Impressive part is a set of seemingly stationary statues dedicated to the four evils or vices next to the clock and then four virtues next to the lower calendar dial. The so-called evils include figures of icons like death. Cool, right? Mm -hmm. But there's more. Oh! (laughs) Every hour between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. when this bad boy tolls, the magic truly begins. Mm Mm-hmm. It sets free a parade of 12 wooden apostle statues, each one holding the implement of its martyrdom. (laughs) So the beheaded St. Matthias has an axe, the bisected St. Simon's got a saw, and my personal favorite, the skinned St. Bartholomew is rocking a knife and a pelt, just to name a few. Well. They... (laughs) <laughs> they aren't the only animated parts of the Orloi either that come to life. Uh, those figures of vice and virtue, yeah, they nod their heads. And there's like a freaking golden rooster that belts out a crow. Mm-hmm. There's angels, there's a vain man, a philosopher, a miser, an, uh, an astronomer. But the oldest figure on the clock is a skeleton which dates to the late 15th century and is some kind times called the rattler, the clicker, or Kostlevek In Czech, it represents death and nods sagely while ringing a bell in one hand and turning an hourglass in the other. The, well, that's a threat, <laughs> right? You know, just a little uplifting. A skeleton. direct threat. Yep. Yep. Uh, The current date is tracked around the circumference of the dial, which also indicates annual events like St. Feast Day. So it sounds pretty cussing amazing, right? And it totally is. It is is very cool. It also has a very dark history that has led to rumors of a curse. Uh Uh-oh. So picture it. 15th century Prague. It's said that the clock was created by a great clockmaker... Mikulosh from Kadan. Reputation totally known far and wide. And it's rumored that Miklash was approached by many a foreign nation, all wishing to have their own marvelous astronomical clocks. Now he refused. You imagine
1: how long that would have taken?
0: Seriously. Now he refused to show his plans to anyone, but the Prague Counselors caught word of him being wooed and fearful that Miklosh might build another bigger, better, maybe Gorgeous clock, the counselors decided to, you know, react perfectly normally by having the brilliant clockmaker blinded to ensure that their clock would forever be the best. Oh, that's reasonable. Totally reasonable. Super pissed and eventually driven mad, Miklash was like, fuck this noise, and took the ultimate revenge by literally yeeting himself into his extraordinary work of art, thereby ending his own life And mucking up the clock's gears. Extra bonus, it would also (laughs) curse the clock so that all that would try to fix it would either go insane or die. Ooh, a blood curse! And now you know why I chose the deep dive this clock. Sadly, though, it seems that this particular legend isn't accurate. So well for starters the legend has the blinded like initially the original legend has the blinded clock master jan ria also referred to as hanosh some places and no one was able to repair it for the like next hundred years after the you know the yeeting into the the gears uh but then it was discovered that hanosh didn't even work on the clock but then some people said, well, but he did work on the clock, but he just, like, repaired it a little bit. So it's really <laughs> up- he, he only really did confusing. it a little. Right. So it turns out that Mikolash didn't work solo on it either. Um, that he had actually helped working on the clock from a Well, trail. look at it. Who could work on that by, mean, your, by themselves? Seriously, it is huge and amazing. Um, so he had help from. I mean, how could
1: you adjust anything on your own? <laughs>
0: How is it even calibrated? Like, I just... There's there's so much more that I want to know about this clock that's just not available in yeah. the deep dyes that I have gone, um, but... This is where invisibility
1: would be really great, so I could just, you know, yes. shimmy on.
0: There you go. Just do mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like, so, Let me see the inside of your clock.
0: <laughs> yes. So uh, a professor, a Charles University professor of mathematics and astronomy, Jan Schindel, um, was said to help Nikolaj work on it. Part of the thing is that the clock itself has been created in stages, like with various creepy bits being added throughout the years, which then makes more sense. Like you do. Right. They just keep adding on to this freaking thing. of course
1: Um, they do. That's what you do when you have a giant clock. You add creepy shit to it until there's no more room.
0: Totally. And here's the thing that I... Like, I am in awe of the fact that it, it keeps track. This one thing keeps very accurate track of so very many things. And yet the precise and accurate documentation... Of who did what and when Is so shitty Um speaking or maybe
1: of, it's just not public
0: Possibly uh, Speaking of creepy the cobblestones On the old town square below the clock Are uh-huh. marked with 27 crosses Commemorating 27 Beheaded Czech noblemen <laughs> Like you do like I I did not uh
1: I mean, I guess they would have probably beheaded them in the Old Town Square.
0: Right. There is
1: a uh, torture implement museum right around there, too.
0: Ooh, fun. Mm -hmm. For added bonus. So the Orloy has suffered from several breakdowns and malfunctions throughout the course of history. Uh, The most notable of these, though, were in 1787 and er, 1861, when the clock was almost sold as like to scrap because there was no money to repair it. Um, And then during the Prague uprising on May 8th, 1945, when the Germans fired toward the southwest facade of the Old Town Square, uh, City Hall suffered like serious fire damage, including the burning of the wooden sculptures and the calendar dial face of the clock. Um, The clock stood motionless for three years until in, in 1948, Vojtech Sukarda repaired the machine and restored the wooden apostles. This fed into another wow. curse that had long been stated that if the clock was ever damaged, Prague would fall into bad luck. But I'm just saying, obviously, if some Nazis are shooting up your clock... You're gonna have some shit go down after that. It's not necessarily I, I
1: feel like <laughs> you're already having bad luck at that
0: point. Right. One. Like it's the, the the clock was just collateral damage. <laughs> at that point. Also,
1: don't shoot at valuable shit.
0: Seriously. I mean
1: this is like the goddamn amber room.
0: Right. <laughs> right.
1: Anyway, no. We should definitely not go there right now.
0: <laughs> right?
1: Uh, And the mysteries behind it. But, yeah, Yeah. that has never made sense. I don't know. Destruction of other, of important cultural heritage sites in war never makes any sense. I mean, you're going to want that. Well, and there's...
0: there's Even if you win... Right. Well, on the flip side, there is uh so there in one of the the bits of research that I was going down, uh there is documentation that allegedly Hitler himself actually stayed in the city hall when they when they took Prague um, because of the clock. But I'm like, then you, may, you need to I am your not that.
1: surprised.
0: Right. That I mean like that makes perfect sense, but I'm like maybe tell your people to not fuck up the clock then. Like <laughs> it's
1: I mean a real- Hitler was super into many of the belief systems that may have been represented within yes. the clock. Uh, so today,
0: after a 2018 renovation that took about nine months, the Orloy has been restored to its completely to its original state. The colors have been reverted to their authentic shades. Um, they replaced all of the metal gears with wooden ones um, and it now looms even more creepily and medievally over town square while now sporting its modern anti-bird netting and ledge spikes because you can't be too careful when you're dealing with a giant cursed clock
1: I guess they don't want people to <laughs>
0: <laughs> can you tell there,
1: I, I have a parade <laughs> of cats I'm guessing
0: it's yeah I just looked at the time I'm like it's got to be close to dinner time for them um so yeah I'm guessing they don't want people climbing up there to do stupid shit like take a photo with it or even try to take parts of it off oh I was Um, thinking suicide that too um that that absolutely that would be yeah that would definitely be one would prefer
1: not to uh, have that be the
0: case should not unalive people um, so oh, that's my, it's my beautiful.
1: My... I, I hadn't actually looked at it since it had been updated the last time I saw it was I don't know um, mid
0: till Jesus <laughs> <laughs> they're very upset there's no cat why is there a bird and no cat <laughs> oh my god
1: Anyway, I haven't seen it since it's been restored, and it's beautiful.
0: It really is, and I do. I'll stick some photos in the folder for use. Um, But, yeah, so that's – I was super excited. I was a little disappointed that uh, the legend seems to not be true um, because – In all honesty, if I was that guy, and you blinded me, and I was just about done with you, that's exactly what I would do. it just, it makes sense. I don't
1: disagree. I, yeah, I, I could see that being the case. That is a really, really enthusiastic fuck you. Right. Exactly. That's, yeah. Oh, my gosh. My cats are all howling. (laughs) And Jack keeps flipping over on the floor <laughs> so he can bat at Biggie from below.
0: Nice. So, yeah, that's uh Wow. That's. A yeah, little story about that. Not incredibly uh, as long as anticipated uh, because there's so much contradictory information about. You know, one specifically was changed by who. It started sounding like that part of the Bible where so-and-so beget so-and-so begat so-and-so. Uh, when you started getting, getting into things. And I don't... That's just not my realm. Uh, so that's the no, whole... and
1: that stuff is sort of weird when you're talking about, like, historic kingdoms and countries that are no longer connected. And, yes. like... All sorts of upheaval going on. I mean, Prague has existed for
0: very quite long. some time, right?
1: But oh my goodness, how old cat? <laughs> um, but oh yeah, we should at some point, speaking of cursed shit in Prague, we should talk about the bridge, yes, because. That's cursed shit in Prague. Yes. Definitely. Oh, I haven't... Well, I guess I thought about Prague last time you talked about... Must have been Wenchesloss.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes.
1: Yes. Um, but, yeah, that... Oh, I love that clock. I love that clock it, so It much. is
0: amazing. And it's, it's just again so very fucking fascinating on so many different levels and just the fact that it's it's covering astrology and the zodiac but then you've got these apostles coming out and you've got and again there's just a a delicious little weirdness in them, them holding the implements of their martyrdom like that
1: i mean the whole thing is really sinister it really and is. watching it actually go is really creepy.
0: I can imagine uh it was it was uh I want to say an article on Atlas Obscura was talking about how you need to get there like don't don't uh, necessarily assume you're going to be able to see it at the time that you want to see it at because people still oh, don't no. just pack that packet to to watch that which I can I mean I can completely understand um.
1: I am very short
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, so. eh. Ooh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I cool. can find a video of it I'm sure there's a video out there I will try to find a video of it of what occurs when the clock has struck I don't know why I didn't look that up before
1: oh uh, well I mean I'm I failed. positive there's a video
0: <laughs> right I failed in my research but i will find that video and stick it in there.
1: Um i don't think you failed. I think <laughs> there's a lot of shit going on with that creepy old clock.
0: There there's so much and just just looking at the stuff, just looking at each individual little thing is like and oh, and when they were restoring it, there was one of the wooden apostles had a a metal case inside of it. Like they they figured out it was it was heavier than the rest of them. And so they x-rayed it and there was a metal case inside with a note from somebody else that had worked on it. And apparently that note was like, this place sucks. There's shitty working conditions. Ah. <laughs> Just,
1: and and that then, is not what you expect in your right? apostle not, secret right? chamber.
0: And then huh. there was, uh, they found additional, um, oh my gosh, kind of gargoyle things. Um, behind one of the clock faces that were clearly there before like the, the clock faces had been added, that they didn't know was there until they started doing this big renovation. Um, cool. Which those things I love. I love that. I love a hidden anything, hidden room, yeah. hidden And I mean, look
1: at that building. It's old as hell.
0: Seriously. I mean, 1400. Just the fact that it's the oldest, like the only, like the the only medieval clock of its kind, still standing and functioning like that is, I mean, fourteen hundred. That's just, that's a long ass time ago. That really is.
1: Yeah. The well, things the, that that all clock of Old seen, Town is really weird and old. I, um, in a great way. Right. In a way that simply does not exist in the U.S.
0: Yes. Yes, yes. So, yeah. We're adding it to our field trip list. Yeah. Bones and Bobbins goes to Prague.
1: (laughs) As long as when we go, the spiders aren't there. I told you about the spiders in Prague, right?
0: I will protect you from spiders. I don't have a spider issue. I were all the spiders
1: everywhere. From... Yeah. You could not protect me from this quantity of
0: spiders. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that is. They were nuts.
1: just on every surface. Apparently this isn't actually a thing. Um it's, like it's not a known Event, it so just happened like to be like a perfect storm of hatching and weather conditions and stuff. When I went,
0: wow,
1: <laughs> <laughs> fucking everywhere, on every surface, just reaching back at you, you're
0: like hi, what's
1: up? Do you want to give a me
0: spider?
1: <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're fucking massive. <laughs> back off (laughs) and it's like can i come home with you no (laughs) no i'm busy (laughs) Uh, fucking spiders spiders. anyway
0: sorry don't be sorry (laughs) Uh, i think that actually brings us to the weekly worst way to die la 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 all
1: right so what is your weekly worst way to die
0: so as much as i wholeheartedly respect his commitment to fuck you i'm gonna (laughs) go i'm gonna go with like giant clock gears because Uh. that would be a slow and painful death and you would almost have to go head first because if you went feet first and you gummed up the gears before it got to your head, oh. you would be stuck in there. I may have thought of this for like way too way too long.
1: I mean this happened in the during the Industrial Revolution with machines all the time before oh, yeah. there were guards. People,
0: yeah, people just yeah. So um yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with giant giant creepy clock gears. Ew. Not being my yeah, preferred. Well,
1: Mine will make sense only to people who are going to listen to our Patreon episode. (laughs) Yes. Or people who are also into watching terrible ghost-related reality TV, which I am unashamedly (laughs) very much into. Uh, so, my worst way to die this week is being Aaron in literally any episode of Ghost Adventures.
0: <laughs> Poor Aaron! Yep. <laughs> that yes. is. Yep. Yep. I can. Yeah, that's a good one. That's very valid. Very, very oh valid. Oh my
1: gosh. Yes.
0: So, yeah. hey. <laughs> oh, God,
1: be... don't include
0: that. <laughs> <sighs> oh. oh, my cheeks hurt now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you want to be spooky internet friends?
1: <laughs> and who wouldn't after that?
0: <laughs> Seriously. Oh, we're on. Uh, uh, we are bones we are bones and bobbins yeah no. we are we are bones and bobbins on instagram facebook and twitter you can even find us on the pinterest uh, and you can just hunt us down at bonesandbobbins.com and
1: don't forget to rate and review this podcast
0: it may lie the... a little bit it's oh my okay.
1: gosh <laughs> um, it pleases the internet gremlins and that's how we show up in recommendations so that other morbid souls or people who have clearly lost their damn minds um, yes. can find us.
0: Bring forth the morbid souls.
1: And the howling cats.
0: Yes. Oh and the gosh. giggles.
1: Uh, so uh- much.
0: Each episode of the Bones and Bobbins podcast is written and researched by Haley Pearson Cox and Natalie Hoyce. Our music was composed by Loyalty Freak Music. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Bones and Bobbins. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, or check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts so you won't miss a minute of our strange and creepy content.